Crowther Resents. I'm Adam Spiegelman here with Robin Paris from The Room and The Room Actors. Where are they now? Yes. This is an exciting time for you. The movie had a resurgence, right, with this disaster artist coming out. Right. What was it like to see yourself in the disaster artist, see someone playing you? It was very weird. <laughs> um, June Diane Raphael played me, and she's really great. I've always been a fan of her since she was in Burning Love, season two. She played, she did, it's a spoof of The, the Bachelor, The Bachelorette. So my character, she only had about three or four scenes, but the lines they had her saying were actually things I said in the movie. Really? I mean, sorry, on set. Yeah. Um, it was strange. And I know that Tommy had behind the scenes cameras following us around on the set of the room and that the screenwriters, uh, Scott and Mike, Scott Newstater and Mike Weber, studied a lot of those videos. So I think they pulled from things that actually happened on set and put them in the script for the disaster artist. So where are you from and how did you end up in L.A. in in this film? Yes, I'm from North Carolina originally. Um, I moved to Chicago and studied improv at Second City and Improv Olympic and then made my way out to L.A. back in 2001. And the first audition I had was for The Room. So I saw an ad in Backstage West in the trade paper and back then people were still mailing in headshots. And so I, I sent in a headshot and I got a call from Greg Sestero, who was also doing the casting. He was like wearing every possible hat on set. And he, I went in, uh, I got there early because I had an audition. I mean, sorry, I was in a show up in Hollywood that, that night. So I had to get there early. So I met Tommy and I was the first actor there auditioning. And I was talking to Tommy and he asked me all kinds of questions about my background and then said, well, I like you. I think I hire you. I'm like, Wait a second, I haven't, I haven't even auditioned. Um, but So then a bunch of other people showed up, and we did audition. I read the Chocolate is a Symbol of Love scene with Greg Ellery, who ends up being cast as Steven to replace Kyle. You right. know, I remember he's like the random guy that shows up three-fourths of the way in. That makes me crazy. Every time that <laughs> so, happens. You're like his best friend, but we've yeah, never met him before. Never seen him before. Yeah. No explanation. And the weird thing is none of us, I never saw the script for The Room. So for me, I was shooting my individual scenes, but I assumed wrongly that there were explanation explanations for that in other scenes that I just didn't witness or didn't see. Right. So, you know, so we don't no, none of us acknowledge like, who are you? None of that's conveyed on screen. When did you get the script? When did you have time to learn your lines? And- I got the script. Usually, for example, the chocolate is the symbol of love scene. I got that 15 minutes before I went on screen. Um, oh. I got a call. So I had a call back first and it was narrowed down to me and one other person. We met with Tommy and we didn't, we, he just asked us if we, if I like chocolate, he's like, do you have a problem with chocolate? And I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's pretty much the callback. Uh-huh. And then, then I got the a call from Greg Sestero saying, how fast can you get to the set? That was about a week after the callback. And I was like, well, does this mean I have the part? Because, and he was like, if you can get to the set, you've got the part. So anyway, I just hop in a car. I drive over there to Burns and Sawyer, the parking lot where we were filming, get out. And they hand me some pages and I have 15 minutes to prepare. They powder my nose. I'm wearing the same clothes. Those are my clothes. So that you were wearing day. that day. And they just shove me on set for the chocolate as a symbol of love scene. And literally it was, you know, maybe an hour and 15 minutes after I had talked to Greg on the phone that I was on the set shooting that scene so that's how long I had to prepare for that (laughs) and after I'd done it I was like what did I just do but you know the whole integrity thing where you you do something you commit to it I felt like I needed to stick with it Um, and I also thought no one will ever see this why is that well 
after it just became clear that it was not very well written. I mean, <laughs> you know, people, if I say it's a bad movie, like, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's funny. So that makes it an enjoyable movie, but it's definitely not like well written and well executed. I mean, let's be honest. So right, right. it was, that was pretty clear on set uh-huh. that, that um, it wasn't going to be that great of a movie. Was there talk of like Tommy or Greg saying this movie is going to be released here or there or because he had intentions of it winning Oscars and stuff. What did yeah. they tell you? Yeah, Tommy thought it was a searing drama that would like change the world. Uh-huh. So it's kind of funny because in a way it has taken the world by storm, but not in the way he anticipated. But he had a vision for it that it was going to be huge. And I just I just kind of think, oh, yeah, everyone, kind of, everyone sort of humored him about that. And yeah. can I ask about money? Did they pay you guys? Was there deferment or? They paid us maybe like 100 bucks a day. It was non-union. Uh-huh. Um, it was light pay. <laughs> light, <laughs> light pay. Very it? light I pay. Like, you are a producer now. I love when you say light pay. <laughs> yeah. When things became fishy, what were some of the first signs that something's up? <laughs> when th- every time I got there, a-, a whole crew had quit and there was a completely different crew. Like every, almost every, there were three different crews. So that happened three times uh-huh. when I was there and I came midway through production. I wasn't even there at the beginning. So I didn't witness all the leases quitting and a bunch of other. Did of she those. quit? Yeah. There were a couple leases before Juliet Danielle uh-huh. who quit and Juliet Danielle was originally playing Michelle. And so once maybe two or three leases quit, you know, Tommy tapped her or asked her if she would do it. And she said yes, and she moved up. And then they had to reshoot all of that Lisa stuff with oh, wow. Juliet as the Lisa. So that's why the production just kept going and going. And I came in when the, when when Juliet moved up to Lisa, and they needed a new Michelle. And then they had to resho- reshoot all of that too. So instead so, of just getting a new person to play Lisa, they moved her up. Yeah, I guess she was good and she was willing to do it. And uh-huh. so, you know, I guess a lot of other Lisas quit. Maybe at the love scene. I don't know. I don't know exactly when they quit, but that would be my guess. Were you there that day of shooting? I was not. I heard the aftermath. I came to set after the love scene with, with Juliet. Um, the makeup artist told me I got back and they're like, oh, my God, you missed it. And I was like, what happened? They said they did. Tommy did a love scene and he they made a he made us airbrush his butt, <laughs> at, uh, like touch up his butt, airbrush it, powder it, like so much attention paid to, uh-huh. that, to that butt. Uh, and I felt so bad for them. And I was like, what? Why? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's on It's on screen. You're going to see it. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I had no idea that that uh-huh. was in. So they told me about that scene and that it had been just like this crazy nightmare. How did Tommy treat you? Um, he treated me fine. He there, there were a few things he said that were pretty misogynist and inappropriate. But um, for well, the... Like- well, like one time there was, I guess, somebody on set who liked me, but I was, I'm married and I um, was married then too. And so I said, well, oh, thanks. You know, that's really nice. But, you know, I'm married. So just pass that on or whatever. It's kind of like a first grade thing. Like check the box. Do you like this person? And I was like, just pass the note back that said, sorry, I'm married. And um, that's a box first <laughs> sorry, grade. I'm married. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Tommy said, oh, well, you don't like him. You, well, you're lesbian or something. You know, and I just thought he kept, he said it a few times. Like if if you if I didn't immediately jump in the sack with somebody like then I'm obviously a lesbian. It was just really like demeaning, kind of. You know, because like, what if I just didn't like the guy anyway? Right. So I'm choice. not allowed to. Yeah. You know. Right. And that and they were just you know the whole script. 
<laughs> Have you seen the movie? <laughs> yeah. So, but um, but in the for the most part, like he didn't uh, talk to me much. It was just kind of the Tommy show, and I was off on the side waiting for you know nicely, quietly waiting for my scenes, and he was doing his his thing. All right. You know, <laughs> kind of tried to stay out of his way. I just read an article that Shirley Jones was at the premiere. That they had like random old celebrities there. What was that night like? So there was a spotlight. It was at the Fairfax Lamley in Hollywood, and Tommy hired a spotlight. So that's the first thing that I noticed, and I really laughed hard when I pulled up and parallel parked on a side street. You know, it wasn't glamorous for me at all. Yeah, yeah. And walk up, and there's this ridiculous, like, spotlight calling attention to the room premiere. And, you know, we were on the set, and we're like, why would they have a spotlight for this movie? But he had a red carpet set up. He had a bunch of PR people that he'd hired to ask for our autographs. So the second I walk up, I'm talking to someone and someone says, oh, are you in the movie? And I said, yeah. And they go, oh, can I have your autograph? And I'm like, wait, you didn't, you don't know who I am at all. So why do you care? I mean, you didn't even know I was in the movie. You had to ask me. See, obviously I'm not famous. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> who are you? Oh, yeah. can I have your autograph? And the, he had turned out he had hired a bunch of people to solicit our autographs. And then he did do the drive-bys in the limo a few times, um, which is portrayed in The Disaster Artist. And I guess finally he got out. What made him, what, do you know why he drove around? Um, I think it was to like build uh, suspense uh-huh. for, his, <laughs> for his final arrival. Did he have posters on his limo of the movie? You don't remember. I don't remember. Uh-huh. I don't remember. I know that his Hummer that he drives now has the room advertised on the Hummer. So I wouldn't be surprised if the limo had had the room posters on it. Did we talk about this? The the cheering and the chanting, Tommy. What really? I mean, obviously they had a condensed twelve years in one night. But right. w- what happened in, at the end of the screen at the you, premiere in, re- in real life? Yeah. In re- yeah. So in real life at the room premiere, there was uncomfortable laughter, but people trying to stifle it. I was two rows behind Tommy, so I was definitely trying to stifle stifle the laughter because I knew he wanted it to be a searing drama and have people crying at the end in sorrow. And instead, everyone was crying with laughter. But So we were really trying to contain ourselves, but it was so funny. There was so much that I didn't know about because I was only privy to the scenes I was in. So yeah. like the rooftop scene with Dan Jay and um, with Philip and Chris R., Denny and Chris R., I hadn't seen that. And to me, that was hilarious. Like the cutting back and forth. And then every time they cut, there was a new actor there. And then everyone <laughs> just kept running on on stay, on uh, the rooftop. Like, what, why are all these people there? That was so funny to me. The part where uh, Greg t- tried to kill Kyle and shove him over the edge and then just pulled him back, back up. And it's like, sorry, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was so funny to me. I was crying with laughter. So there's so many parts like that where I was dying with laughter at the premiere, but we were really trying to keep it in. And a lot of people left in the first five minutes. The people who stayed got a treat, but most people were just completely shell-shocked. And at the end, I didn't know he killed himself at the end either. Spoiler alert. But I also, everyone was laughing at that. Oh, no. Laughing at the premiere. Uh Uh-huh. And I knew that that was his big moment when he wanted everyone to be crying. Uh Uh-huh. At how horrible everyone had been to his character in the movie. Like, everyone had treated Johnny so badly that was the way he portrayed them and, and he wanted us all to feel horrible for for him right and nobody did <laughs> and so yeah that was awkward the after party was super awkward why is that how what was it like well i remember avoiding tommy because i was afraid that i couldn't lie 
You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, you see a friend's play and you, they come out and you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. And you're you, like, oh my God. That was- you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to be like really fake. And I just thought it would be easier to just not say anything, uh-huh. like slink off. But I think a lot of people felt that way. Because even usually you can find something to talk about with the something you see in somebody's project right. um, but this I just it was so funny that I wanted to say gosh that was so funny in a good like in a good <laughs> way but I knew that wouldn't go over well yeah so I just didn't say anything and I remember everyone at the party no one really talked to each other it was weird you know most after parties you're talking you're exciting it's over you just saw the movie and it was just sort of like awkwardness everyone looking around glancing around wondering what they could say because no one wanted to be honest <laughs> That's really and what did you think the movie would have would happen with the film then? I thought it would just disappear into oblivion and and no one would ever hear of it again. Uh-huh. Although I did say to my husband when he visited the set one day because it was so funny it was the party scene we were shooting with Greg and Tommy fighting and I he, my husband was there was there and I was laughing so hard on set and trying to keep a straight face and I'm still think i deserve an oscar for my performance because you can't tell i'm laughing <laughs> anyway there I'm are joking. scenes where you walk in where you're just like kind of like what's you, going on what's going on yeah. yes yes and um <laughs> i was laughing so hard internally and between takes uh-huh. anyway i'm just joking about the oscar obviously but um i told my husband it, no one will ever see this but if they do it could get a cult following because look how crazy it is look how funny it is uh-huh. everything about it was so funny even on set watching it being shot was funny I laughed hysterically at the premiere and then my husband and I kept quoting lines to each other for for weeks so we were like the room fans I mean that's what people do you go and then you're like you can't stop thinking about it and you constantly quote lines so we did that for a long time and then Tommy started setting up screenings at uh, like the Wilshire private screening room and, and we went to that he was trying to just build a following and he had the billboard up. So, But for the most part, I didn't think about it. I went to film school at UCLA, got my master's in screenwriting. For, that took three years, and I just didn't even think about the room. I forgot about it, really. Oh, so um, And it sort of just started building back up in 2008 when I started hearing rumors about celebrities that were fans of it. You know, we didn't have social media back then, so you couldn't spread the word quickly when right. something was growing like that. What were some of your first moments of fame of the room? I guess the funniest, weirdest, well, the very first one was my friend Dave Carker. He wrote for Entertainment Weekly. I went to college with him. And he called me or something and said, I was at Paul Rudd's wife's birthday party. And Paul Rudd rented out a theater to show the room because his wife was a huge fan. And I said, what? Like, how does Paul Rudd know about this really bad small movie I was in five years or whatever, four, four years ago? And my friend Dave's like, I could not believe when you came on the screen. Yeah, I had no crazy. idea you were in that. And I was like, yeah, I had no idea you would ever see it or anybody would see it. So that was the first time I heard that there was a celebrity fan base. And then Entertainment Weekly did the story with us and with all the celebrity fans after that. Did you start going to the screenings? What was that like? Yeah, so I would start going, I'd wear wigs. I would go to the screenings. The fifth year anniversary screening, I went to that, I remember. And people were asking for my autograph. And I brought, you know, friends. And there was a big line. And that's when it was just starting to get big again. Or I mean, I guess it always was big. And I was just out of commission. But I came back and started going to screenings. I always would wear a wig. Why is that? I wanted to be like a fly on the wall so uh-huh. no one would know who I was and to see if I could just see what they would say and enjoy it myself as just a fan. 
but a lot of times people would recognize me and then which is fine too huge on the screen right in front of them it's hard not to recognize you (laughs) yeah right but i would wear like a big blonde wig (laughs) it's just silly too it's just fun to do so when you watch it with the audience you watch it as a fan or do you watch it as someone in the movie or I watch it as a fan. I just saw it again in North Carolina. I went back and we did a screening there and I did a Q&A. And um, I was laughing hysterically and noticing a few things I hadn't seen before and laughing really hard as a, as a fan. But it's just hard to see myself come on screen. Like when we do the chocolate as a symbol of love scene, I hate <laughs> watching that. I hate it. So cheesy and so stupid. When you shot it, do you think anyone would see it? Kind of went through like, let's go crazy. I thought maybe if I got a few decent moments, I could use something for my demo reel Uh from this movie, but I didn't think it would be seen, you know. What is one of your favorite clothing things to wear? Um, it's always good to have a shirt on. Really? As yeah. a professional actress and writer producer, you think? It's helpful. I mean, sometimes you go to auditions and they're like, take the shirt off. Right. But it's good at least to arrive in a shirt. So you're not being presumptuous. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So if you need a shirt, you should probably go to proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Yeah. Where you can get shirts for that have the room on it, Stranger Things, other great t-shirts from oh, Busted Tees and College Humor. Uh, exactly. I mean, that's a great idea. You definitely need a shirt on it, especially on a chilly day. Chilly day is good too. Uh-huh. And I appreciate, you know, you arriving in a shirt and everyone here having a shirt. So Well, I appreciate it as well. So. And also, you can't go to a restaurant. I mean, you need shoes as they well. They say but. usually you need shoes. They don't specify shirts that often. Well, you so live maybe. on the west side of LA. So no one... <laughs> <laughs> unless you live in Venice, go to proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Okay. Right. Okay, I will. You've taken this movie and you've done your own series, The Room Actors, Where Are They Now? Yeah. What are some of the things you learned from doing this series. Yeah, it's not easy. It's been a lot of hard work over the three years. So I've learned a lot in the process. Well, I learned about fundraising, how to raise money on Kickstarter. I've learned about marketing and PR and then filmmaking also. I mean, I was a writer for a long time, but I'd never made anything that I'd written. So in terms of learning in that area, you know, for as a writer, they always say conflict, 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 obstacles. You need tons of obstacles. And um, I like to do funny things and just make funny dialogue and funny situations. But if they're not if not obstacles, it's so true. You, it just stagnates on screen. So I found myself after my first draft and was thinking about shooting it, I was like, wait a second. I don't think I have enough. Because I was thinking about my trailer moments, like what should I put in the trailer? Uh-huh. And I realized they were all just the really dramatic moments that I wanted in the trailer. And I realized I only had a few of those. So I went back and I rewrote more like obstacles and a few more dramatic moments and quirky stuff and and it made it a lot better and I think making something yourself helps you get you become a better writer if you have to direct something yourself so you can tell everybody what it's about yeah so it's called the room actors where are they now it's a fictionalized look at what happened to seven out of nine of the original actors from the room Um, and the joke is that everyone's life went downhill after being in the worst movie ever made so yeah, it looks at, you know, some of them are embracing the room um, and some are trying to avoid the room but can't get away. Each episode features two real room actors. There's there's actually four episodes now. There were three um, featuring two of the room actors. The fourth episode just has one room actor, which is Philip Hard- Haldeman, plays Denny. And then all my other episodes after this one also just have one room actor. So it's like the first three were sort of an intro look at what everybody's doing. And do we continue to learn about 
Philip eating people and eating people. Yeah. Um, so every other episode is a different room actor, and at the end, end we all come together, and you get to see kind of the consequence of what Phil's done. But it's he's he's going to be fine. Like <laughs> you know, he's out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody even knows well, he, he did even, it. He says that with with blood going down his face. Yeah, it's really hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. So was it hard to get them to come back and do the this series? Uh, no, three. Uh, when we first shot it, it was a couple two years ago. Everyone. Everyone did. Everyone jumped on board. Um, and everyone was game. You know, at first, Greg Ellery, we didn't have on board. And then when he saw the script, he jumped on board. But everyone else just kind of said, yeah, let's do this. I sent him the script and they were in, in it, you know, in for it. It's harder now. A couple people live elsewhere, like Juliet moved to Texas. So it's harder you know, uh-huh. to get her. She used to be in L.A. Um, but hopefully the next episode will feature her. I have a, you know, I don't know if you saw the one with the stalker, her and uh-huh. her stalker husband, but I love those two, and I love the dynamic of those two. Right, right. So my next episode was with them again. You're gonna bring them back? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. It's totally exaggerated and crazy. But uh, did you stay in touch with people after this, or did the revival of its popularity bring you back? Um, we stayed in touch over Facebook, but I we hadn't seen each other really. We did one quick documentary, mini documentary for Greg's book, a promo documentary. But I hadn't seen Dan Janjigian. Actually, I'd never met Dan Janjigian. Well, you weren't we in those scenes. Yeah, because we were never in scenes together. And I hadn't gotten together and really talked to people until we did the room actors, Where Are They Now? So it was kind of a re- reunion for us on set. So there was just the Golden Globes. We talked on the phone a little bit about it. What was it like to see Tommy come up on stage and, and watch this movie get bigger and bigger? That was amazing to see Tommy come up there. I mean, his smile could not have been bigger. He was so excited to be there. And it's cool for him because this was his dream and he got to see it realized is to have a big Hollywood movie. (laughs) And he's part of a big Hollywood movie now, The Disaster Artist, but also The Room. It's coming out today actually in theaters around the country, 600 theaters, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, Yeah, it was a little awkward the moment with him and James Franco um, where he reached for the mic and James Franco pushed him away, but... Well, what can you imagine Tommy taking the mic? What would... I mean, it would be... It could be anything. I totally get why James Franco did that. First of all, there's a there's a decorum and there's a, a, a way you behave and there's an order of who speaks at these events, you right. know? And he is the winner of the award, so he is supposed to speak. That's what happens. Uh-huh. Um, so... I totally 100% get why James Franco was like, no man, you know, like <laughs> talk to the hand. But I also, it's so Tommy to grab for the mic. So it, of course. Just, it was just perfect. You were telling me there's a lot of pushback on Twitter. People saying like Tommy should have been talking. and Yeah. And uh, LA Times did a story on what Tommy would have said. And I think it was something like, I just, if everyone loved each other, the world would be a better place, and then the American dream is alive, something like that. But that's a consolidated version. I, You don't know how many other lines would have been thrown in there as well, how much other gumbly gook would have been in there. You, it could have gone on forever. I think at some point, James Franco would have had to push him off, either right at the beginning or midway through. And it's just, it's maybe better he just did at the beginning. And yeah. are you going to go see the movie tonight in the theaters? or? Um, I have a group of people who are talking about going, so I might go. But I just saw it you know, recently in Greensboro, North Carolina, and yeah. I've seen it so many times. So I, I don't you know, know for sure if I'm going to go. Are you going to go? No, I'm not going to go. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I have a three-year-old and a newborn. Oh, I don't okay. leave it. This is a big deal. Coming to your house. Is, 
to when leave he, the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, please, can I come to see? No <laughs> Skype. I got to get out of the house. Yeah. Did the movie help or hurt your career? I mean, obviously, it gave you this opportunity to make the show. But besides that, was there anybody saying, oh, you're in that movie or as an actress? There's never been anybody saying, you're in that movie. Let me give you a job. <laughs> 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 so it hasn't helped in that way. Uh-huh. Um, but it, like I, like you mentioned, it did give me an opportunity to direct something that I'd written and see it created, created and realized, um, it gave me a, a somewhat of a platform to raise the money because there's a built-in fan base and it's hard to raise money on Kickstarter. Right. Um, so that was helpful and it seems like, but you know, the outcome is still dependent on us doing a good job and, um, it seems like people are really liking it. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm hoping to direct more projects, get more jobs based on this series that I did. I have a, a gazillion other ideas and features that I've written and other things I'm pitching. To finance the rest of the episodes, do you have a Kickstarter set up or is this a place people can go? Right now, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Robin Paris, Robin with a Y, uh, one R in Paris, uh, to if you want to become a patron and help us raise money to shoot more episodes. Do you know if Tommy's seen it or if he has an opinion on it? I don't know if he's seen it. Uh-huh. He, I got an email from Raul, who is his quote-unquote legal team, um, and saying that that I was stealing his property and threatening me, basically. Um, and he wanted me to blur out the poster. I had a room poster in the background when we shot the the Kickstarter video. So he wanted me to blur that out. So I agreed to that. Cause I said, you know, that is his poster. So I had some, my tech person blur it out and then put the video back out again. And then he said, no, that's, you still are stealing my property because you've got chocolates, football, spoons, roses. You need to blur all of that out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, spoons, first of all, that people are throwing spoons that so you don't own that football. I don't know the NFL. I need to call the NFL. <laughs> They're stealing your, the football and Valentine's day, the roses and chocolate. So yeah. So I, I realized that no matter what I did to try to appease him, he was still going to come back with more stuff that right. I needed to do because he was just a little you know, off and um, in that kind of mindset. So then I just ignored it. And um, I kept getting phone calls by Raul um, after I raised the money and is in the process of trying to get get it together to film it, saying, you know, don't steal Tommy's property, don't do this. And I kept saying, this is about the other actors who were in the movie, and we're just saying we were in it, and we're showing what our lives are like, but it's an alternate reality of our lives. And we're not showing scenes from the room, we're not reenacting stuff from the room, we're not doing any of that. And... Um, but that wasn't enough. I just kept getting phone calls. And finally, I had to block the number. <laughs> so um, then, but since I've released the show, I haven't heard. I mean, and since the show started going out on um, the festival circuit and I put the trailer out, I got nothing. I, no emails, no calls from them. Because I think when they saw the trailer, they realized, like, there's really nothing there that's all original. And um, if they have good lawyers now, the lawyers would look and say, that's there's nothing there. I've had lawyers look at my project too and say, this is totally fine. Like anytime you have, I have a line from the room, it's in a satirical or it's a parody way, or it's just reinvented in a completely different situation. Um, So they've all told me it was fine. So maybe they have good lawyers. Tommy has good lawyers now and he's not emailing me anymore. (laughs) Then on the set, you want to talk about that at all? But Tommy. Um, Oh, you mean the set of the room or the project? Your project where Tommy drove by. Yeah, a couple people saw Tommy drive by the set of the mockumentary. 
Um, I did not see him, but two different people who work on the set said they saw um, a man looking on two separate times, two separate people not speaking to each other said they saw Tommy look like a man look just like Tommy drive by. Um, so I don't know. That's not confirmed. He uh-huh. did not hop out of the car and was say he hi. In the that said the room on it. He was not in the room. He was not in the room Hummer. Uh-huh. He has a room Hummer. It was not that. It was a Mercedes. Okay. So maybe he has another car. Um, but that's what two people told me is that he drove by the set. Are you in the disaster artist? No, no. So what was the scene that Tommy didn't want you to be in? Oh, that's it. Yeah, there was um, there was an open invitation to come to to film that for extras people to just show up uh-huh. to film the premiere scene that's in the disaster artist and it's supposed to be the premiere of the room and on twitter somebody tweeted me and saying hey robin we should totally go to this wouldn't that be funny it would be so meta for you to show up and be in that scene because it, it was filming at, UC, at the regent up at ucla which is like a couple like a mile from my house and so I said, oh, yeah, that would be funny. Ha, ha, ha. And I wasn't actually planning on going because I had something else going that night. But I guess they saw that. And they and I got another email from Raul saying, like, it was mildly threatening. Like, you shall not, appro- you shall not approach Tommy. Or you shall not approach James Franco. You shall not approach Dave Franco. You shall, you shall, it was like, it's like commandments from God. <laughs> you shall not do this. You shall not do that. Thou shall not this. Thou shall not. I'm like, why? Who are you? <laughs> like, right. you don't control me. If I wanted to, I could. Anybody can. Like, it's a free country, man. Amen. So, um, it was just so weird and invasive and I, I, proactive. I from them, they right. proactively, you know, said sent that to me, and also just annoying and and threatening. And I felt threatened by it. I yeah. felt. Like, why are you up in my grill about and making me feel bad? I mean, I'm in the movie. If I did want to go, I could. But like, why are you acting like this? You know? Right. He kind of wants all the attention. Yeah. Also, the screenings they don't want you at or. Yeah. I mean, they did. a. Um, he's threatened people. He's threatened like the um, when Phil was going to do a screening, Philip is Denny in the room up in Canada, I believe. And they were advertising that Phil was coming to do the Q and a Tommy tried to intervene and, and can't get, get the screening canceled uh-huh. because Phil was coming to do a Q and a there. Wow. And then when I was coming to do a Q and a in Greensboro, North Carolina, my hometown with people I know who grew up with me, Tommy tried to stop me from showing up and doing a Q and a by what, but with well, a letter or he, yeah, he basically threatened them. And then he, um, they had my his poster and then my picture they had created that it was a graphic they created with the room poster and then my picture over it and they uh-huh. used that to promote so he threatened them and said you can't use robin's image with my poster and he th- no he threatened me and i'm like i didn't create that i just yeah. shared it on my facebook page so he talked to the creators and he kept coming at me like you can't i'm like i'm just sharing something on facebook which i have a right to do so it, it's all like the goal is to not have room, room actors, any of them, attend any screenings and do Q and A's. Even though we were in it, you right? Know, and we're not. And you profiting. should profit from it. Or we're, even if we're you not, did. Yeah, we're not but really you, you profiting. The, but you're not. Yeah. But you, you have the right to. Yeah, I mean, we could have a right to show up and say I'm in it, and let me answer a few questions. Of course, um, and people want that. Yeah, I remember going to a screening early on, and Peter showed up. 
And the, every we just it was like Mel Gibson walked in the room. We just freaked out. That's how long ago Mel Gibson was still a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> it was still <laughs> That's a, a long time ago. Anyway, thank you for opening up about that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's I don't. It's it hasn't happened as much recently, and I think it's because. So much amazing stuff is happening in Tommy's life with uh-huh. the disaster artist. And that's great. And that's great for him. And I want amazing things to happen for him and for his goals to be realized and achieved. Um, but it is not f- fortunate. And it's not really that cool that that we as room actors should feel bad about ourselves for showing up someplace and feel like we're not allowed to do anything or go anywhere and talk about the room. It And um, anyway... It's not, I don't think, like, I, somebody on Facebook was like, everyone's getting in on the game and trying to profit. And I'm like, I haven't profited from doing the room actors. Where are they now? I'm $10,000 in the hole. I mean, right. I put my own money into it. I haven't made, I haven't made any profit. But, so. But you should. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> you guys didn't do this movie, you know, to save puppies. You did this movie because you wanted to advance your careers. And so I, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone doing that stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, the reason I did The Room Actress Where Are They Now is not to financially profit. It's to see something I wrote come to life because I felt like I had a good idea uh-huh. and I wanted to put it out there and I thought room fans would like it. Um, I should appreciate it. It's art. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's art. That's right. If everyone love each other, they the world would be a better place, right? So <laughs> let's love each other, Tommy. And yeah, Philip eating everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much. And where can people find the room actors? Where are they now? You can find it on funnyordie.com uh, forward slash Robin Paris. And I just uploaded it this week to YouTube also. So Robin Paris on YouTube. Uh-huh. You can find it there. And then go to Patreon if you want to help support yeah. your episodes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even two bucks, five bucks, whatever you can contribute. And I'm uploading uncut videos of the room actors, the stuff that I'm using to make my behind my uh, put on my DVD. Uh-huh. I'm uploading the uncut interview, so you'll get to see the full interview with, with Juliet, full interview with me, Philip, Kyle, everybody. If you become a pa- patron at uh, the ten dollar level, yeah, pay it. It's only ten dollars. <laughs> ten dollars. Right, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you right. for having me. Go to ProudlyResents.com for any last-minute show notes that didn't make the podcast and links to other The Room interviews. Tommy Wiseau, Katie Plays Denny, the director of the great Room documentary called Roomful of Spoons, or the one I did with Sandy Scalaire. He claims he directed The Room. You can go to ProudlyResents.com and you'll see on the top, it'll say The Room, and it'll show you all the episodes we did about The Room. And you can go to iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, and type in Proudly Resents. And you'll see all the different shows that I split up in different categories. So if you want just episodes on The Room, uh, just the interviews we did with people, or just the reviews we did, they're all split up. Thank you so much for listening to the show for all these years. Thanks for listening to it now. To uh, support the podcast, Proudly Resents, you can go to our website, proudlyresents.com slash shirts to buy shirts. Or donate on the main page, ProudlyResents.com. Share this episode or leave us a good review. Why not? Be a good person. Seriously. Sheesh. Share it with friends. All right. Thanks again. Later. Bye. Say thank you. Thank you. Bye.